Welcome, Bravehearts, to another episode of the Sherapy Podcast. If you're ready for a second opinion, the doctor is in. Join Dr. Sherry Campbell as she weaves her unique brand of therapy, giving you permission to release poisonous people and situations from your life and heal in the aftermath. Every Sherapy episode provides you with a unique prescription for resilience, perspective, and peace. Side effects may include a distaste for toxic people, a new lease on life, and learning to love yourself again. Welcome back, brave hearts. I am extremely happy to be here with you in this topic of cutting ties here on Sherapy Sessions, cutting toxic family ties. And today I'm doing a free bonus episode for those of you who have an Android and not an Apple device. And this also, of course, goes to my subscribers and Apple users. Thank you so much for subscribing, and I hope you share it with people who need it. And also for, you know, reading my books, and those will be mentioned in the show notes, of course, and for going along in this journey with me, this very private journey. So today we're going to talk about the silent epidemic of cutting off with family and the common reasons that people do this. Really, the reason that we know so little about the lives of those such as ours that have been forced to cut off from family is because cutting off is not accepted in the larger culture. And I talk about this at length in adult survivors of toxic family members. Too often outsiders to this issue just cannot fathom that families can be so abusive that cutting off would be a necessary choice. And this does make the topic of cutting off from family very taboo. And because family estrangement is so seldomly talked about due to the taboo nature, that makes it also widely misunderstood. And we all as survivors know exactly what that feels like. And it is really isolating and it just kind of makes you feel sort of stuck inside yourself, not wanting to share. Many survivors don't speak about it because they just fear being humiliated. They they fear appearing cruel And others just prefer just to keep everything about their family issues and estrangement private just to avoid the unwanted shame and the naive judgment to come from others and all their fix-it stories that they want to give you that just simply don't work because we've already tried those. So let's take a look at some statistics on on what cutting off from family looks like. You know, studies report that 36% of people have a narcissistic mother. 22% report having a narcissistic father, 14% um, report that both of their parents are toxic, 86% report they have a parent who shows a persistent lack of empathy, 84% uh, report that they have a parent who shows deep levels of selfishness and self-centeredness, 76% report a parent with extreme entitlement issues, 74% have parents who demonstrate excessive rage in response to perceived criticisms or things not going their way. 82% report having a toxic sibling. That's something we've just recently covered. And 22% of marriages end due to toxic in-law relationships. And 11% of parents will cut off with their own children. 
So let's think about why this happens. So let's move into those common traits that our family members share that makes us want to choose to cut off from them. These people are not happy, again, unless they're at the center of attention. They're unpredictably moody. They're impossibly dramatic. They're overly concerned with their physical appearance or the image of something of themselves and others. They are constantly seeking reassurance that is not satisfiable. They have needs for validation that drain you because they cannot be met regardless of your efforts to fulfill them. These family members are excessively sensitive to criticism and disapproval. They are easily triggered into emotional, verbal, sexual, financial, and physical violence. They have an inability to manage their emotions. They make rash and impulsive decisions on the dime. They have a very difficult time maintaining relationships in any long-term fashion. And they often appear very fake and shallow to others in their emotional expressions and commitments. They are very adept at using threats of suicide to control others and maintain being the center of attention. They exaggerate and lie about just anything. They believe they are completely superior and that all other things in a relationship should be going their way. No variance in that. They dominate conversations. They expect special favors with an unquestionable compliance with those expectations. They're extremely jealous and belittling of others, even their own children, if it's the parent. They are unable to cope with stress or adapt to change, which causes them to make life miserable for others as they expect others to jump in and be their emotional janitor. They are sarcastic and bitter, providing a lot of negative and critical running commentary on every move you make in your life. It makes them miserable to be around. They also cannot tolerate being alone, so they use and exploit you and others to keep them company, to have you be just as quickly discarded when they feel like their life doesn't need you anymore. They tend to hold very fundamentalist and extreme points of view, and they tend to operate from platforms that are very black and white. They see themselves as superior in their beliefs, and you cannot challenge them on those. If you don't marry up with their opinions, they just think you're a horrible person and tell you so. They repeatedly violate the rights of you and others through bullying, gaslighting, and dishonesty. They are completely above apologies, and they have zero capacity for empathy, and they fail to consider the negative consequences of their behaviors and to learn from them. And so being in a relationship like this leads to certain things inside of you, these states of mind or states of being inside of you that makes you want to cut the cord. And those states of mind or states of being are exhaustion. You know, these toxic family members that we cut off from, they lead us into unrecoverable levels of exhaustion because we can't recover from one emotional assault before they're igniting another one on us. And so they deplete us of our feelings of love and devotion to them as they drive us to meet our bottom line of when we've had enough. They test how far they can go. And what's sad is that the more you forgive these people, then the more they lose respect for you, they make a mockery of the the beauty of what forgiveness should be. When you forgive them, it it really lines you up for more abuse and they will push their lines of abuse even further. So you end up coming to recognize that you've put up with certain behaviors for them for far too long and you are becoming more and more certain that it is literally not ever going to change and therefore you decide to cut off. 
When you go to have a realistic or reality-based conversation of repair with these people, one of the states of mind that they put you in is extreme frustration because they rewrite the narrative. Instead of taking any ownership for the negative state of the relationship with you, they choose to rewrite history, casting you as the villain. They delete the abuses they doled out to cause your negative response. They focus only on your reaction to their abuse and call you the villain. And then they anoint themselves as the heroic victim of you. So this leads us into frustrations that are unbearable. They're unlivable to feel this type of fury inside. And when resolve can't be had, you come to realize that the healthiest option for you is to cut off from them and the deflected blame that is constantly going your way. You get to a point where if you're going to be wrong, no matter what, you may as well let them think you're wrong and just move on. And they make resolve impossible and they task out you to be the one who fixes everything, but you do, as we know, get exhausted and you run out of that thought, energy, or effort. And they're sort of naive to think that you won't run out, but because we continue to forgive them and go back in and try again, we give them reason to believe that we will never run out. And so in some ways, that's how we contribute to our own abuse. Another thing that they use that drives us into the frustration and or exhaustion or the bottom line of wanting to cut off is money. Financial issues are so often the source of relationship difficulties. And money can't maybe always buy love. In fact, I don't think it can ever buy love, but it can sure lead family members into a ton of deep, horrible feelings. So consider, you know, the dynamics of a family that's dividing an inheritance or what often happens to families when they go through businesses together or siblings are borrowing money back and forth and it turns into betrayal and it turns into gaslighting, rewriting history and no-win situations causing family members to want to cut off. Situations such as abuse, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, relational, financial, sexual abuse, we unfortunately can be abused in all of these ways by our family members. And these abuses, you know, that are consistent because when, whenever you're in a family, the abuse is fairly consistent because these are your people. These things repetitively happening make us want to cut off and reasonably so. Another situation that causes us to want to cut off is just what I call a lack of elasticity in the family system. These toxic families simply lack what is called, or I refer to as elasticity. They lack the ability to recover from difficulties and like a rubber band, when they're stretched too far, they snap and they break. Toxic family members just do not care about limits. Again, as I've been saying, they will continue to push it under this delusion in some way that you can never break. And I think in part, that delusion of you cannot break comes from the idea of you're stuck together because you're a family. So the family bond isn't breakable. But if you're a human being, then any bond, family or not, that is abusing you can be stretched too far, lose its bandwidth, and it can break. And when you get pushed there, again, this is the naivety of our toxic family members. They don't believe this exists, but it does. If we look at those statistics from earlier that I read, they do break. And when it's stretched too far, you reach that lack of your human potential to stay in, and now you get to liberate yourself and cut off. But really, regardless 
of the traits or situations that people cut off from family for, we still cut off and we're left feeling confused and stressed and so often so sad and depressed because we really hung in there for all those years, wanting to believe that the family bond would somehow kick in some level of empathy from our family members where they would come to their own idea that maybe we've taken enough. Maybe our staying finally proves to them that we really love them under all their abuse. But really what we learn when we cut off is that those who really love us could never abuse us. Love and abuse really just cannot coexist. And once we come to that clarity, because let me emphasize, we were pushed to that place. It isn't a place that we wanted to be pushed to. It's a place we tried to avoid being pushed to, but we get pushed there and we cut off. So it doesn't mean that we aren't sad after having to cut off from family. In fact, I think for the remainder of most of our lives, there's always a sadness in that area because there was an emotional death and we weren't able to be a person that could stay connected to an abuser. And because that abuser has the title of family on top of it, We feel a whole extra level of isolation and we feel a whole extra level of depression or sadness or confusion. And this is why people don't want to talk about it. It, This is why it's it's a silent epidemic, because when we cut off from family, the larger culture holds us accountable for our own pain because we made that decision and the larger culture believes we didn't have to. And again, I cover all this very deeply in my new book, Adult Survivors of Toxic Family Members. So, you know, relatives, we can be cut off for years, months, and a lifetime, and sometimes with no explanation. And oftentimes when we cut off, we don't give an explanation because we've already learned that our words don't work. Rationalizing with them doesn't work. Communicating with them doesn't work. Nothing seems to work in a healthy way when you approach a toxic person with healthy person behaviors. It doesn't work. The best thing you can do with these estrangements is to just go silent. If they do not understand how their abuse led you to cut off, then no explanation you give them will be helpful to them either. Deep down, they know. The problem is, is that they have such huge pride issues that they allow their pride to impede all progress. When you service pride, you cannot progress anywhere in your life. But toxic family members do not care. They will never go in and own it. And that is why cutting off without explanation is your safest bet because you will waste your words trying to explain it. And bottom line is you have to trust that they know. People know right from wrong. All people know right from wrong. Healthy people care about right from wrong. Toxic people do not. So let's get into some how-tos to handle this, right? How-tos to handle cutting off from family. It's okay to start the cutting off process, by the way, in a phasing out scenario in my book, but it's your family, cutting ties with toxic family. I talk about there's low contact. You can start there. Uh, There's cordial contact. You can even move to less, and then there's no contact, And to understand what those phases look like, I encourage you to get the book and sort of read through those because I do think we interpret those definitions I gave unique through our own story. So I don't want to define them for you. But everyone has their own pain tolerance limit. And I encourage you to respect 
yours. You can only handle so much and that is okay. So when you reach enough is enough, cut off. Perhaps also you really don't want to be reminded of your past all the time. So if you go lower cordial contact, you have any vein to these people, they're constantly reminding you of you're not doing enough and you're not enough. I mean, the abuse doesn't stop whether it's one vein or an entire blood system coming of toxicity at you. So if you don't want to constantly meet up with conflict, you do have a right to eliminate these family members from your life that just want to rewrite history and cast you as the villain. It just doesn't feel good to be cast in a lie. Toxic people lie. They lie to themselves, they lie to others, and they lie egregiously, and they don't care. I think they believe that if their lies are shocking enough, that they're just right and they're just believable. And that's not true. And you can only tolerate so much of a lie, and you can only fight a lie so much before it doesn't matter. And so I do think that when you get out of these scenarios and you sort of avoid all interaction with them, you know, your past is likely to be left right where it belongs. And that's like in the past, you don't have to bring this false narrative about you into your future. Because once you cut off from these family members, whether it's your parents or whether it's your siblings or in-laws or whoever it is, you get to grab the pen back to your life and author your own story. And that pen always should have been in your hands and it never should have been stolen from you. Really, I'm not a huge fan of avoidance in healthy dynamics, but I am uh, kind of a huge fan of it when it comes to toxic people, simply because words don't work and discussions don't work. You know, when you go to with a toxic person, uh, discussion is just synonymous with fighting, confrontation, someone raging at you and lying to you. So you know, avoidance in these ways is sometimes the best choice if you don't want to go in and fight a battle that you can't win. The damage of cutting off from family, it, it does can't always necessarily be repaired, but it, you can put it in a place of repairing for your whole life. You know, you cut off because there's just too many painful interactions in that relationship and you have no hope for it to change. And so it's the boundaries that you set. You decide that you love yourself more than to be abused by someone who's never going to change. That's the greatest boundary that you can set. And not only is it healthy for you, but it's my belief that it's also healthy for them. Why give them a target to practice on to become more and more of a bad person? At least you eliminate one person for them to manipulate and practice their negative skill set, their people bashing skill set. And you remove that from them. Also, when you cut off from them, there is an opportunity there for them to learn. Something that they did caused you so much pain that you wanted to cut off. And now you can't make them take the lesson, but at least you can offer it to them. Also, again, I believe that when you cut off from somebody who chooses to be toxic, you're respecting their choice to be toxic. If that's what they want to be, then you're showing them a respect for that choice. And also, I want you to know before we close is, you know, when there's no explanation, it sort of makes us feel cruel. And so that would be very cruel to do to another healthy person who can actually have a back and forth with you of sharing. But again, you don't need to feel guilty for cutting off from family without an explanation when they well know the reasons that you cut off. Now, they'll invalidate all those reasons, but deep down they know. Just do not wait for them to own it because you're going to wait a lifetime. You're cutting off to save your sanity and your mental health. And that is the number one reason, the most common reason that any of us cut off from family. 
And that does it today for our bonus episode. And I hope you've all enjoyed it. I hope it was validating for you. And I hope that you recognize that when you cut off from family, that you're liberating yourself from a very oppressive and abusive family pattern and family dynamic that you actually never deserved to be placed in. But when you cut off, I want you to cut off as the victor. I want you to grab your lessons. I want you to close the door because closure will never come from them. Closure will always come when you decide something's closed. So if it's closed, now you can move forward and you can grab your lessons and you can look at what you can learn, how you can protect yourself better going forward and set those boundaries. So thank you for joining me today on this show. And I hope it was helpful for you. And we will talk in a couple of weeks. And until then, be well and take care of you. Well, Bravehearts, that concludes our amazing Sherapy session for the day. Please sign up on my email list at drsherrycampbell.com so that you can be in touch with me and see what's going on in terms of what I'm offering soon, what books are coming out, etc. Talk to you in a couple of weeks.